Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Firefly Willows L-I-V-E presents Evolve, featuring your host, Robin White Turtle Lisney. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture, with your host, Robin White Turtle Listening. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. The arts and evolving consciousness are how we are bringing that change to the culture at large. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of the times we are in. in helping you evolve is Robin White Turtle Disney, who received her Master's in Fine Arts from Mills College in Creative Writing in 2012 and her PhD in Energy Medicine in 2013. She is an author of three books, the most recent being Heart Path, Learning to Love Yourself and Listening to Your Guides. She has published poetry in many literary journals and numerous anthologies, and her poem First Step was selected for reading by survivors at the Virginia Tech Memorial Bench dedication in April 2010. In addition to her writing, Robin is also an artist whose work has been shown widely throughout the Midwest and East Coast. Robin White Turtle Lisney is a psychic medium and energy medicine practitioner through East West Bookstore in Mountain View, California, through her office in Santa Cruz, California, and across the country by phone. Robin travels across the country as a speaker and leading workshops. To find out more about Robin, you can visit her website at www.thecenterforthesoul.com. So take a breath, relax, and let yourself evolve with your host, Robin White Turtle Disney.
So this is an interview today with Barbara Thomas, and we're here in uh, Ben Lomond, California, in the Redwood Forest. Welcome, Barbara, to this interview, and well, glad to be in your house. Thank you, Barbara. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Yeah. I always like to hear what I say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to start today by just uh, describing the land that you live on, because I think it will help people get a context for uh, where you are and um, how you got here, and um, so let's let's start with uh, your property, which is is where you're working from. Well, I have 12 acres of forest, and it, it start. We first bought the amphitheater, which was on a nine-acre parcel, and it was a holy ground, a perfect rectangle, a holy ground at the bottom, and then at the top of that nine acres is another flat space that is hilltop where you give your your lodges. Uh-huh. And then we bought a house, well, a cabin, um, that was a tent that they put wood around the side. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was a little over an acre and a half. And then a, a cottage came up next door that, that we bought because I've always wanted to have a guest house. Uh-huh. And now it's open for um, uh, people that come on retreat or people who give workshops. Uh-huh. So. Uh-huh. And the amphitheater is this beautiful oval space that has a um, has a canopy of trees, right? It has madrone and... Madrone and redwood. And redwood. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the redwoods go straight, and then the madrones, in order to get sunlight, just like they're dancing, so they're very feminine, they move and weave around to find the sun. Yeah. So it's, it's like a cathedral. It but, is. It's yeah. so beautiful down yeah. there. I love it. Well, now that they have an idea... So you acquired this property some time ago, isn't that right? I've lived here for 26 years. Uh-huh. We found the amphitheater first, and um, not found it. I knew the amphitheater for years, and mm-hmm. I once, well, 10 years before we bought it, I put out the prayer to have land like the amphitheater. Well, I started the prayer with land with a redwood redwood tree, uh-huh. and my daughter gave me a redwood tree in a box in a in a a bucket for Christmas, and I planted it on my yard, and I thought, uh-oh, I'd better revise that prayer, because I now have land with a redwood tree. So <laughs> then the prayer went out, I would like to have land like the amphitheater. Ah. And then 10 years later, I totally forgot it, until uh-huh. 10 years later, a friend came over and said, Barbara, they're going to sell the amphitheater, and we'll never get to use it again. Uh-huh. And the inner voice said, buy it. Uh-huh. So I did, thinking I was saving it for the people that had had weddings there and ceremonies there. Uh-huh. But I live here now. So oh, how marvelous. The, the land bought me. <laughs> yeah, and um, I know, uh, as we mentioned, uh, that you, in the bio that's uh, online, that um, you're an artist and an author. And uh, so tell me a little bit about the artwork and how it's been inspired for you, um, your artwork and your writing. Well, um, with the artwork, I was so fortunate to find a woman that um, just taught us to paint from the inside and just put things out on paper, not try to do anything. She did guide us a little bit for the doing, but then we she'd help us solve those. Mm-hmm. And in some of those paintings uh, that were non-representational, I... Um, I, I put one. I had a my my bathroom had a outdoors to it, and I hung one on the wall outside. And one day, I was 
looking in the mirror and looking at that painting, and I saw a huge gnome in it. Ah. Looking at it directly, I couldn't see it, but that kind of backwards looking. And so I, I do some lines and shifted colors to bring him out. And from that time on, gnomes kept arriving in, in my paintings. I would paint and hang it on the wall for maybe a year, and then all of a sudden I see some gnomes. Uh-huh. So that's, and now when I moved to the mountain, um, I, my, I totally dedicate myself to Mother Nature uh-huh. and to seeing what she wants me to paint. So I just open my heart to her, and I do the same thing, just putting colors on, usually music playing, and just put colors on. And then just keep playing with it, and then I start seeing what pictures are hidden in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And your name uh, actually um, means child of nature, isn't that right, right. Barbara? Yeah, for uh-huh. all the Barbaras that are listening, let me save you, because <laughs> in the books they say Barbara means stranger or barbarian. Oh. And so, you know, that's not very happy. And then one time I was reading in this book, and it was... Um, an Aramaic translation of the Bible, and they said that bara means nature in Aramaic. Uh-huh. And I know that bar means child of. Uh-huh. And so bar, bara means child of nature. Uh-huh. And in those times, if, within the city, if the people who lived out in, on the land, in the wild, came in, they would be barbarians. Uh-huh. And they would be strangers because uh-huh. they weren't from the city. Right. I find almost every barber identifies with being a child of nature. Uh-huh. That's wonderful. Well, then you developed, since you've been on this land and in the amphitheater, you've developed a relationship with the spirits of nature. Tell me how that started for you. Well, of course, it started actually with them showing up in my in my artwork. Uh-huh. And then I started noticing maybe spots on the, on, on the, well, I saw one time was just rain dripping down and on a, a, a roof and where it was dark or looked like gnome, uh, you know, the shape of a gnome. Right. Uh, and, but when I moved to the land, um, I was walking to the amphitheater and I was aware of a, a very large spirit walking with me. And um, when I looked with my inner sight, why it, it was a gnome. And um, I've seen him, at that time I saw him in trees and in this house, but not all the time, but when there were people here that were open to the spirit world, he would be in the house and he'd be as tall as the ceiling. Oh. Because you know, he, he just, you know, filled the whole room. So I thought that was energy. He could come in on their energy, mm-hmm. but he, he couldn't, he never showed up other times. Uh-huh. So then it started when I'd walk to the amphitheater, I would feel his presence there. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just started... You know, saying hello and getting feelings of things that he was trying to communicate with me. Mm-hmm. And so we developed a friendship. Uh-huh. And do you have a name for this gnome? Just I call there. him Mono. Mono. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So over time, you've collected writings and things from well, Mono. There was one time you know, when I went to the amphitheater and I greeted him and, and greeted all the trees. And, and then he said, um, tomorrow I would like you to bring your computer down and sit with your back to the in, the tree I call the mother tree, and then just write whatever, visualize me in front of you and write whatever comes into your mind. Ah. So I did that, and basically what he was saying is when you step outside and you feel the freshness of the air, 
That's Mother Nature's blessing. She's, that's her darshan. Uh-huh. And so breathe it in and say thank you. Uh-huh. And, so, and then to say hello to the plants. Uh-huh. And when I was through, he said, okay, thank you. And now come back every morning until you leave on your trip, which was three months away. <laughs> so I came back every morning for three, what, three months uh-huh. and then continued doing that when I came back. And so I have lots and lots of notes, but it was, I heard him, the voice say, the, that saying hello, saying yeah. hello. So many times I thought I was making it up because mm-hmm. that seemed like the major thing. But what he said, speaking to nature is the major thing because the nature spirits need to relate with humans mm-hmm. because they have gotten, there's been so much separation between human and nature. Mm-hmm. And, and as we move into the next age, why um, nature has got to be recognized and honored and supported. All this, all of the storms that we have and the, the things that are happening, I've been told, is human thought forms, nature throwing off human thought forms. Mm-hmm. And so they, they do it as a storm because humans, mm-hmm. are so many are afraid, mm-hmm. and that energy goes into nature, and nature has to transmute it. Yes. And sometimes the only way they can transmute it is with a hurricane. Yes, yes, or the tornadoes like yeah. we've had recently. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. Well, getting information from nature, I think, is a... is. It's not only just giving information, but it's really about that relationship, isn't Building it? Building a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had a friend who was a uh, gardener uh, at a Vandanta Center. His name was Brother Philip, a beautiful, holy man. And he told that as he worked in the garden, there was one plant that always reached out and touched him. He could try to avoid that plant, <laughs> you know, just to see what would happen, and somehow the plant would reach out and touch him because the plant loved him. Ah, yeah, mm. isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Well, that's just something that a lot of people don't really understand, I think, that nature just wants to love us mm-hmm. and wants to give us support mm-hmm. in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think so often uh, we resist that relationship, especially those of us who live out in nature, we, re- we resist it because we're not thinking it to be an important thing that will help us in our day, but it actually does help us every single day oh. if we listen. Well, and um, at this point, you know, living here for 26 years and relating for the, all that time, um, there was a period almost 10 years ago that I was told that I was being trusted um, to have a... I call there were a lot of little energies. I called them gnomes because I, I just named all all the uh, earth spirits gnomes. Mm-hmm. Um, they were going to come in the house and live with me, and because they needed to learn how to relate with humans, and I was labeled a safe human. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, just today, I, as I was packing, uh, I couldn't find a certain scarf. And so I asked them to help me find it. And I reached all around and it wasn't there. And then as I walked away, I stepped on something and it was the scarf. Uh So over and over again, they helped me find things. Um, They've been very, very helpful. Uh uh And I think it's that relationship uh, that's so important that Mother Nature is trying to help us understand 
through people like yourself and like the work I do as well, that that relationship with the spirit of nature comes in many, many forms. It yes. comes through the animals, it comes through the trees and the rocks, and it comes through the earth itself. Um, and sometimes it individuates as separate little spirits, and sometimes it's part of a collective mm-hmm. awareness. So I think it's so important. But it's actually really alive and vital, and it does communicate with us if we just listen. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people here, they just don't know what they're hearing. Yes. I got an email from a woman who said that she used to live in the Santa Cruz Mountains, that she was taking a class in herbal identity and learning uh, what the herbs do, and they were given a plant to look at and discern what that plant could do, because mm-hmm. of certain identifying marks. She said she held the plant, she'd never seen it before, and she just knew exactly what the plant was for. And so, and the teacher said yes. Mm-hmm. And she did that three times in that class, and then there was another time, another time in her life where she just knew mm-hmm. what a plant was. Mm-hmm. That was the nature spirit talking to her. Mm-hmm. That was the plant talking to her. Yes. And, and uh, she just thought it was interesting, but if we knew that we could relate with them and that they're there to help us, why um, we, we could actually show them the respect and the gratitude. Right, right. <clears throat> I think it's so important, um, that, that respect and gratitude, because uh, that seems to be, for myself, I know when I'm giving offerings or um, offering a little food from my plate or uh, th- saying thank you with a little tobacco or cornmeal, that those gestures actually open up doorways mm. to that communication and it helps um, it helps me establish a relationship it's one way to do it um, another way is to sit and ask for that mm-hmm. to come to you and so when you want to have that communication you can do it by just setting that intention and putting it out there so, that's true yeah <clears throat> and I <clears throat> what I have found for myself and and I've shared this with others. If you're wanting to make communication, do just as I was guided to do. Sit with your back to a tree with a laptop or a pencil and paper. Ask what you want and then write every thought that you that comes into your mind. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and that will um, establish a connection. And then you can go back and read it. If I don't do that, I think, oh, man, that was great. And I stand up and I can't remember what it was because I'm in another dimension yes. when I am receiving. Right. And you, you're you in an altered state there, you know, giving that receptive mode. And, and the minute you activate the doing part of your brain, it, it closes off the intuitive receptive part. So that's, that's really wonderful, a uh, really good thing for people to know about how they can hear that information. I um, was at Findhorn once years ago, and I took a workshop on communicating with nature. I'm trying to think if I lived up here at that time or not. I I don't know. But what they said, which was really interesting, and they had us do it, said to go sit by a plant. In this case, I sat by a house plant. And if there's a letter that you need to write that's really difficult, just ask the plant to help you. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. I wrote a letter that I, something I needed to share with somebody that was really difficult. And it just looked kind of like that woman knowing what the, the, what the plant was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the um, energy just came and the letter just flowed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that's another way uh, yeah. to interact uh-huh. and to recognize that that I've been gifted and to recognize that I'm I want to say thank you. Yeah. And I found I like to touch the plant and the plant likes that just mm-hmm. to rub it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. That's really wonderful to hear. You can do this with house plants. You don't have to live in a forest on 12 exactly. acres of property. So, yeah. yeah. So you have um, uh, several things that are out available for people on your website, and yeah. I want to talk a little bit about that because you have so many offerings, and that's at barbarathomas.info. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the things that you have on your website so that people can better understand how we can relate to nature in a different way. Will you talk a little bit about that? Well, um, the, <laughs> I, uh, on the website um, at, at the beginning of the year, uh, Mano, my gnome tent friend and teacher, wanted me to do a blog of all the messages that I have. I have hundreds of pages of messages. Uh-huh. And I just was busy doing other projects that he's given me. And uh, so he said, well, ask Mary Jane DiPiero and see if she would write it. So I asked Mary Jane. And so we're collaborating on a blog. And she's going through all of my notes and putting it um, that information out. And it's so perfect because... She's in a position of, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Uh-huh. So a lot of her process in the, you know, well, we just did the 11th blog, right. was um, just looking at her own, in Mono's information, then looking at her own process uh-huh. of um, fi- and finding ways within herself to, to believe that it's really real. Uh-huh. And... Um, she had some experiences this last weekend, so I'll be interested what happened <laughs> in her blog. Um, but I've written a book called uh, The Burned Woman, mm-hmm. and uh, you can get that on Amazon. And then I've also um, was guided to do a DVD on, it's called Healing Burned Woman, because I, I have the whole Burned Woman story uh, in it, and then I have... Barbara's story, mm-hmm. which is my relationship with nature, and then I have nature's story, which is a lot of talking about what um, Mano has told me uh, on the land, mm-hmm. and they're, they're all illustrated with my paintings. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I have created, and it's so funny. I mean, you know, spirit is so funny. Those of you that have worked with it, you know, I get thinking I'm through. And then they say, oh, by the way. <laughs> and then it's off on another tangent that supports the first thing. And then yeah. I think I'm through and I, oh, by the way. <laughs> just put this in and just do that. But it fine tunes it. It's beautiful. They don't, you know, they're very helpful in the process. Yes, yes. So how did Burned Woman develop for you? Well, that was very magical. And right now I'm writing a book called Celebrating the Magic of Jim's Road because this road that my uh, my property is on was the, created um, as an artist colony was developed here. Uh, and uh, and the woman, when they were looking for the place, they said, your, your feet will know when you've touched the land. And they came here one stormy, stormy time. The amphitheater was full of fallen limbs 
But the minute she got down it, she knew this was the place. Mm. So part of the magic of Jim's Road is this interaction with the elementals. And so I woke up one night hearing words saying, there once was a time, a horrible time. There once was a time, a horrible time. There once was a time, a horrible time. It went on and on and on and on. And I started to lay down and go back to sleep. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute, something's going on here. So I got up and I wrote that into my computer. Then line by line, I wrote this book about a woman that had been burned in, uh, by her community when the Inquisition came through and created fear. Mm-hmm. And she was the, um, the village healer. She was the village uh, wise woman. She had interacted with ceremony with the and healed. One line I love, she said, what's happened to you? I've loved you. We've danced together. We've played together. I healed your kitty's paw. Mm-hmm. And I could just see somebody, child, bringing the little kitty in for her to heal. And she just rubbed her hands over it, and, and, the, and the wound closed. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I self-published that, and then I started using it uh, for a workshop so people could could discern where their lives were being blocked from the the history of the Inquisition when millions of, of people were killed mm-hmm. over a 300-year period. Uh, because I, I feel that the collective consciousness holds that fear, mm-hmm. and people are afraid to be different. If they see auras, they're scared, yeah. or they don't ever tell anybody. Yeah. Um, it just... If they hear voices, the thing I've heard many times, people think I'm crazy. Yes. So just so many. I get that very often, and I've had um, clients that have been diagnosed even with schizophrenia when actually when I look at their energy field and they talk about what they hear, they're actually spirits trying to talk to them. Mm. And now sometimes they are uh, schizophrenic, but... More times than not, those are disenfranchised parts of themselves that are trying to reintegrate, that are trying to talk to them. Um, but I think there's so much weight put on that, um, on, on the, the idea that we might be crazy instead of the fact that we might actually be hearing spirits and spirits yeah. of nature that are trying to help us. And open that world between the human and the spiritual dimension right. so that we can look to the angels and the ascended ones for help yes. and not block them out when, when they finally do reach through. Right, yeah. right. Rowan, I need to do something about my fireplace. Okay, Fire. we'll take a little break here. And we'll be right back uh, with Barbara Thomas at barbarathomas.info. And uh, this is Robin White Turtle Lisney. And we're on the show Evolve on Blog Talk Radio, Firefly Willows Live.
this is Robin White Turtle Listney, and we're back. Um, I wanted to let you know about a few things that are happening. Uh, if you go to my website, www.thecenterforthesoul.com, you can see that there are several workshops coming up. One is Learning to Love Yourself with HeartPath. HeartPath is a process I developed that will... Uh, help you create more peace and harmony within yourself and in your relationships. It will help you to change your enemies into allies, and it will help you to care for yourself in a deeper, more harmonious way. We're going to be integrating drawings and paintings and reflective writing into the process. And it's Sunday, November 24th. Uh, That's this Sunday, 1 to 5 p.m., in a private studio in Palo Alto. And if you go to my website, thecenterforthesoul.com, you'll find uh, ways to register for that. I'm also having a in Soul workshop on December 8th from 12 to 5 in Santa Cruz. And you can check that out if you're in the area. And then I'll be doing a telecast or podcast that will be uh, on the air um, on Tuesday the 26th and December 3rd. And that is um, supporting uh, a lot of self uh, uh, self-health and uh, vibrancy. I'll be doing that with Christine Roche. And uh, we're excited because we're going to go to Hawaii and this podcast will help you uh, learn more about that as well. So uh, we're going to swim with the dolphins and have a great time. So love to have you uh, be a part of that free telecast. And the telecast will have free gifts associated with it. So you can connect with that on my website. And now we're going to return to the Barbara Thomas interview talking about nature and uh, ways that you can connect with nature and some of the magical things in Barbara's world that help all of us. Okay, and so we're back with Barbara Thomas, and who's an author and an artist, and we're talking about her work and uh, how she relates to nature which I think is so instructive for all of us. So glad to uh, glad to be back. So when we left off, Barbara, we were talking about your book, Burned Woman, and you have a DVD, is that right? Yes, and that's uh-huh. called Healing Burned Woman because it's um, just putting out the need to relate with nature, and that's, mm-hmm. that would be the healing of the burned woman mm-hmm. uh, because the burned woman within us is the one that keeps us from being open to of the magic and the mystery yes. of life that comes to us through relating with nature and the angels. Right. Young. And there are aspects of all of us in the collective, as we mentioned before, that that are uh, really terrified of of living our true authentic self. Yeah. And those fears and those angers that we might have from other lifetimes or other uh, times when we were relating on the earth, when it wasn't as safe as it is today in the United States anyway, um, they're still in our bodies. They're still in the collective. Mm -hmm. And they're in our deep um, soul expression. And so it it seems really imperative that we have a way to heal. And this book uh, and the DVD is a way to heal this collective uh, wound, I would say. So, um, yes, yeah. certainly the hope and prayer for it. Uh-huh. So talk a little about, uh, you have three different sections on the DVD. One one is... Well, actually there are four. Oh, four. Yeah. Okay. So the first one is Burned Woman's Story, which sets the tone 
of um, of the separation that we we have created with nature. Mm-hmm. The second is Barbara's story, just telling how I woke up to it, telling my experiences. Um, I love this one. I love. I was working in the garden, digging a trench for asparagus, and it took me three days to dig this. And on the third day, I just leaned back. I and I saw a little gnome in front of me. I'd never seen a gnome before. It was with my inner eye. And he's standing there with his feet apart and his hands on his hip. And he said, you have not once asked for help. <laughs> and that's all, you know, and then he disappeared. Uh-huh. But after that, I started when I had to carry suitcases upstairs asking for help. Mm-hmm. And at the, a com- the amphitheater, there's stairs that go down, and you, you can walk down or you can do a circle around. I usually go the circle around, and then I would walk up the stairs just for the exercise. And it's it's like a three-story st- uh, walk. And so I started, you know, calling uh, to um, the nature spirits to help me get up the, the uh, make it easy to get up the stairs. And I started seeing these funny pictures. I'd see them throw a lasso down and put it around my waist and then pull to get it up. And then, or I'd see one behind me pushing and another one pulling. Uh-huh. And um, Or sometimes I'd, I'd get this feeling of one on each side of me holding my elbows and helping me up. <laughs> so since there were always two, I've named them Yoho and Heave-ho. <laughs> and um, it, it was a fun relationship. Right. And it it made it easier to walk up and do what I needed to do that was going to take strength. Well, you know, since you told me that story, I have uh, utilized uh, the help of the spirits of nature and the, and the gnomes to help me when I'm trying to deal with things. And um, since, you know, I live alone and as you live alone, sometimes it's difficult. You know, there's nobody else around. And, and it's really helped a lot because I find that I have more energy and I have less stress when I ask their their help, and yeah. they're right there. They're really happy to help. Well, just preparing for you to come, <clears throat> I was a bit behind, uh-huh. and so I just stopped, and I said, I want to be completely ready to go when Robin arrives. And then I just kept going, and I was. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and, you know, <clears throat> and by asking, that seems to create a space for it to happen. Yes, yes, it does. So I want to get back a little to your DVD because you said you had four parts okay. to it. Um, so, so that was the one, you know, doing a Just Burned Woman. Oh, by the way, Barbara, you have your story too. Okay, I'll do my story. So I did that. And oh, by the way, Barbara, you should, you know, do nature's story uh-huh. because uh, nature is really involved. The nature, nature lost their human companions as a result of the Inquisition. Mm-hmm. Those that either, that were relating with them were killed. Mm-hmm. And and so therefore they had to move they moved deeper, deeper into um away from the surface of the earth. So I did that and then oh by the way, Barbara, <laughs> um, you and your husband and Hope spent ten years creating a conscious living program. That could be adjusted and applied to the healing of burned woman. So I have a workshop in there. It's actually the third chapter mm-hmm. where you just, in fact, I do this publicly mm-hmm. and I just use my DVD and um, we had my instructions and then it says to pause and then the people that are in the room can 
follow the re, you know follow whatever I've said, and then they do it again, and they get the next section, and then pause, and then they interact and do it, mm-hmm. and it's been very effective. I um, did this workshop at uh, East West Bookstore mm-hmm. last year, and I'll be doing it again this this spring, mm-hmm. and um, I just have been so touched at how deep women who are wanting to wake up. Some of the responses I get as they they work to this together with this and share it are so nice to know I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so nice to realize it's okay mm-hmm. that I need to and that I need to move forward and and call on these energies more. Yes. I just feel so grateful that mm-hmm. people can mm-hmm. get that out of that program mm-hmm. and then um, apply it on their lives. Yes. Yes. Well, and there there are men too that um, can wake up to this, but it seems that women are kind of leading the way right now. And, and don't you think that's part of the new? Yeah, no, it's process? my Well, because women have been so left out of the scene for millions of years. Yes. We have to come back. Yes. Uh, and and um, it's my understanding that this next age is the age of women. Yes. And that means the. Um, the feeling side of life for men, yes. for them to be open to their own feeling side of life. Right. Yeah. No, I very definitely feel that that uh, the mother's returning. Right. Yeah. Yes. So then you you have the nature story, Barbara's story, and you have uh, this workshop that you have on your DVD. Yeah, I call it the awareness circle. Uh-huh. The stupid, I have to say stupid thing, the perfect name would have been your story. Oh. Because you do the workshop and you get your own awareness. Wouldn't yes. that have been great? For a woman's story, Barbara's story, nature's story, and your story. Uh-huh. But I didn't have that information uh-huh. at that time. Yeah. And later when I thought of it, I thought, oh, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Well, it's, it's, I think conscious living is a very important piece of, of yeah. this whole way of life, really. Because yeah. you begin once you begin to start speaking to the spirits of nature, it becomes part of your life. It's a very important part. Yeah. At least that's my feeling. I, I, I know I can't stop doing that because they're helped me so much. Yeah. It's yeah. not that I'm, uh, you know, uh, there is not, not another way of life to go back to that's better. <laughs> this is a better way of life, yeah. is well, connecting I, with nature. At least it is for me. I know yeah, that's well, true. It is for me, and I think in some way, it's true for everybody that yes. wants to wake up. Yes. And, and is willing to. But it's really scary. I, my husband, somebody told me he was in a prayer group with him. He's no longer living, so I can tell it. <laughs> <laughs> but he, his prayer was, Lord, help me to wake up even though I don't want to. And <laughs> wasn't that a sweet, honest prayer? Yeah. And that's how it is for many people. Yeah. They just don't want to. Yeah. They don't know what's going to, what's there. What does it mean if yeah. they wake up? Yeah. 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 So I, I think that he spoke the truth for many. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's a wonderful prayer. Well, your book, uh, you said, came to you one line at a time. And then uh, tell me about how the illustrations came oh, to well, be. As I was writing the book. I saw pictures that I had painted 30 years earlier, mm-hmm. and that was um, that I had painted a whole series of pictures of women, and I thought they were beautiful, and uh, they weren't beautiful women. They were, but 
and and I was just learning to paint, so mm-hmm. that they're very some of them are very crude and very raw, but I loved every one of them. And then a friend of mine who's a psychologist saw them. And she says, "Oh, Barbara, you're really going through something, aren't you?" <laughs> and I thought, "Oh," <laughs> but I was. It was a, it was my, the beginning of my wake up, uh-huh. uh, and because I painted it out, things were happening inside of me that I wasn't aware of. Yes, I wasn't aware of all. In fact, something I do a lot, it's what I call scribble drawing. Uh-huh. And if I have an emotion that I, I don't know what it's about or I can't handle it, or I just take some sort of color and scribble on paper with it uh-huh. to get that energy out of me. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes within the scribbles, I can see other pictures that, that make sense of what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these pictures that you did... Um, how did you know they went together with the story of Burned Woman? Well, I just, you know, it's just a knowing. Yeah. You know, it was just a knowing. And then when I did um, type up the writing, mm-hmm. uh, I would look at the pictures that I had, and then I saw which ones I felt fit with each uh, statement. Mm-hmm. And um, then I put together a, a, a binder that uh-huh. had the, the words and, and these pictures. Yeah, and so... Uh, you had been doing these pictures for quite a while, hadn't you, before you got the story? Yeah, right? it was 30 years ago that I did all except the two, I did all the women uh-huh. except the two that uh, are uh, showing her being burned. Uh-huh. And those came um, uh, before the story, actually. I was talking with a friend on the phone, and I, I saw within my head a woman walking towards me, and she was very dark, um, and I realized that her skin had been burned, mm-hmm. and then I realized she'd been burned uh, in the Inquisition, mm-hmm. and so I I went to the studio and painted her, mm-hmm. and as I painted her, I heard my inner voice say, how could you do this? Mm-hmm. We were friends. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't understand, mm-hmm. and so it's like I was, and then I made sounds, and it, I was kind of living the burning yeah. and uh, at that time. And then I put those two paintings away, and I didn't show them to anybody for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And when I did show them to two women that were here that were spiritually awake, they said, this is important, Barbara. Mm-hmm. You should follow through with this. Mm-hmm. So that's when I, I guess, you know, I'm not sure if the, yeah, the story came after that. Yes. It, the story came after that, after mm-hmm. they had told me I shouldn't hide them. Uh-huh. And um, and then I woke up. Mm-hmm. I hadn't put that together before. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, always something new to learn. <laughs> so I think it's so fascinating how in art, you know, we can be doing something and not really realize the implications of it. Oh, yeah. And I think sometimes if we try to jump ahead to figure it out, we kind of kill the energy of what has been trying to come through us. If we try to figure it out, we move to the to the the brain, the thinking, right, uh, intellectual brain, uh-huh. and it's the intuitive one that brings things up from the deep inner. Yeah. So it's um, what I do as I'm painting. Um, well, sometimes I spend the night in the studio and I'll uh-huh. paint. And then in the early morning, I look at the painting, and I see the picture in it. Uh-huh. And so then I, I, I'll I get up and, and work with it. And sometimes I'll have to walk across the room, paint a little bit, walk back to be able to see it. 
but it's um, it, it'll eventually reveal its story, mm -hmm. but sometimes it takes a long time, mm -hmm. and I think that's because it's working in me. Yes, it's doing a process in me, and when I'm ready to hear or see or understand, then I get just kind of a of an awareness about it. Yes, yes, I agree. I have the same thing happen. It's like uh, when I'm doing artwork, sculpture, painting, drawing, whatever. All of a sudden, uh, I I just have to do it. Like mm -hmm. it, there's no option. Mm -hmm. It's not about a choice. I just have to get it out. And once I get it out, then I can be um, uh, I can be more interactive with other people. But I need to have that time to get it out. Mm -hmm. And then when I do, it's like oh. I needed that because of this that, that I'm going through or that that I'm going through. And then I can be a more a better human to other people when I'm when I'm uh, interacting with them. Uh -huh. So I I think that that's an important part of the creative process that a lot of um maybe people at are at large that are 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 not involved in making art uh, don't really know about or don't understand, but I think it's a very imperative piece of being a creative person, don't you think? I do too, and I think mm -hmm. everybody's a creative person. Yes. I'm just, well, I read a uh, quote, every child is born an artist mm -hmm. who unfortunately dies at an early age. <laughs> yeah. That's sad. It is a sad <laughs> quote, but it's true that yeah. we all have artistic ability. I totally agree with that. So I want to go back to that scribble drawing. Yeah. So for people who don't have any sense of artistic ability, and yet the possibility of getting things out through painting, just take a pastel, a Crayola, a colored pencil, and just scribble it on paper. Mm -hmm. It feels good to get the energy out. Mm -hmm. And then you can do with it whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember my grandmother used to uh, uh, sit on the phone, and she would make little scribbles on her pads of paper. And uh, she would make, you know, uh, go around the corner and make all kinds of lines. And often there were faces in it that that she would pull out of that, mm -hmm. just just in her unconscious uh, awareness of scribbling on a piece of paper. But she always had to have that piece of paper there to make little drawings. And I, I remember as a child being so fascinated by them um, because I thought, wow, look, you know, look, Grandma, what you made. And she didn't think anything of it. You know, she didn't uh, validate it for herself, but. I really loved those little drawings because they were so interesting. Well, and they were innocent. And they were innocent. She yes. wasn't thinking about doing a, a doodle or, or no. something. They're just beautiful. Yeah. So we had a wonderful conversation in preparing for this interview the other day about destiny. And um, I thought that is such an amazing thing for you to say at, at, uh, at your um, wise age <laughs> to talk about destiny a little bit. Um, do you recall what we were, were speaking Not about? Not a bit. That's why I was looking forward <laughs> to this interview. So, oh, this is going to be fun because I was so busy I couldn't prepare for it. But, uh -huh. but um, prime my pump. Okay. <laughs> well, we talked a little bit about um, how your destiny is continuing to unfold. Um, oh, yeah. And how how you're just beginning to understand what your destiny yeah. is, and here you are, an octogenarian. <laughs> well, I'm 86 years old, uh -huh. and um, you know, I I just uh, somebody ma made the statement, everyone has a destiny, mm -hmm. and the choices that are made 
uh, and opportunities come, and whether we take the opportunity, uh, it kind of determines how much of our destiny we fulfill and how much we find, name it. So I just named my destiny last week. Ah. And, it's just, and my destiny is to serve Mother Nature and to relate with her children, which are the, the uh, elemental uh, spiritual uh, children. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for years, but mm-hmm. I never thought of it as my destiny. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, you know, proud of myself. I have a <laughs> destiny and I'm fulfilling it at my age. <laughs> well, that's very inspiring because I think uh, young people in particular often tell me when I'm working with them, you know, that, what you know, what am I supposed to be doing with myself? You know, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I was like, um, you know, they don't, we don't always know what we're supposed to be doing. And I, I think sometimes just following our impulses and our energies of, um, of what we need to do for ourselves and for to, uh, with other people is, is our destiny, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like what comes, what's on your plate to be done. Yeah. Like when I, I always wanted to paint, but I couldn't draw. Uh-huh. So I thought I couldn't paint. <clears throat> and then I read something that said, when you have a strong desire to do something, then God's also giving you the ability. Uh-huh. So I thought, well, I just need somebody to teach me. Uh-huh. And so um, I'd heard of this interesting teacher and in the adult education system, and so I went. But see, it was my painting that led me to see the gnomes. Uh-huh. And, and and opened up my consciousness to the realm of nature. Uh-huh. And it was through my paintings that the book came out and I, mm-hmm. I could identify with, yeah, I think I was probably uh, burned in the Inquisition. Mm-hmm. That may be my story. Mm-hmm. I didn't identify with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so because I always wanted to paint, and then following that, step by step, I was led to the recognition of um, my destiny is serving Mother Nature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's such a beautiful um, statement of how we come into our our own awareness of ourselves through the healing process, through our own healing process, and through just being uh, with what is true for us. You mm-hmm. know, like we need um, if you need to paint or write or do whatever you're doing then um, that's what you need to do. And you need to make some time for it or find a, find a, a wedge of time to make that happen. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, so many times if people have, I've talked with people that have the desire to paint, but they felt they needed a studio. They felt that they needed a space. And, uh-huh. and they couldn't paint because they didn't have any place in their house. And uh-huh. I said, for years, my studio was a suitcase with uh-huh. my supplies in it. Uh-huh. And I'd sit down by the fireplace with it on my lap. Uh-huh. And I was working with chalks at that time. And now that type of work I do with um, colored pencils. Mm-hmm. They're very easy. They're mm-hmm. not messy. Mm-hmm. And then, I, of course, I do have a studio and I do paint. Mm-hmm. And I use acrylics because they, they um, well, they don't smell, for one thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're, they're easy to work with the way I paint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I love how um, your relationship with the gnomes developed out of your artwork and how your relationship with the spirits in the amphitheater you know, developed and how you've been guided to, to go down there 
Can you talk a, a little bit about some of the things besides the fact that, you know, just to greet Mother Nature, that that's so important? Are there some other things that you've learned um, over oh. the years? Because you have this blog now that um, that your friend is writing and, yeah. and helping get onto your well, website. Well, I, I, I mentioned it loosely earlier when I lost that scar. They helped me find things. And mm-hmm. when I first got the idea years ago that I could ask for help to find something, mm-hmm. um, I was just sitting down saying, show me where, I know, show me where that book is. I can't find that book. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there visualizing and calling for help. And I heard a voice in my head say, stop yammering, yammering, yammering. I get up and put things away. <laughs> and then, then it was... Later, uh, more information came. We can move, we can direct a moving object easier than we can direct a solid one. Mm. You know, that's how you roll things down a hill. You mm-hmm. see, if it's moving, you can direct it, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard to just move it. And so I did that. I got up and I started putting things away, and I found the book. Uh-huh. So my son John came in when he was in high school, and he couldn't find the keys to his car. And I said, go into your room and start putting things away. Ask, ask to be helped to find the keys. Said, oh, Ma, you just do that to make me clean up my room. <laughs> but he wasn't in there three seconds. The first thing he picked up to put away, the keys were under. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they help us all the time. Yeah. yeah. When you sit down in the amphitheater um, and you talk to the spirits of nature there, um, uh, do they help you in other ways? Like, um, I know you get information from them, but have they helped your body? Or? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. The first time, I actually was aware of them before, you know, it's when I was, after I first started seeing them in my painting, and I was very sick. And I have a friend that was writing a book uh, about nature spirits. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'll bring you my book so you can read it while, and while you're recuperating. And so she brought it, and as I opened up the pages, I saw all these little beings, they were about one inch tall, get jump out of the book, climb all over my body, open up spaces and pull out something that looked like a dried pea, mm. and then they'd put a fresh one back in. Mm. So they went through my cells and my body and took out ones that were dead and put in fresh ones. Mm-hmm. Now often when I go to the amphitheater, I'll hear them say, lie on the earth so that we can adjust your body energy. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I go down and they say, lean into the tree. You're out of, way out of balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't talk to you when you're so far out of balance. Mm-hmm. Let the tree bring you back to balance. Mm-hmm. So that, those are the ways uh, for my body mm-hmm. that, that has been helpful. Mm-hmm. I uh, heard one time I was uh, doing a meditation and um, channeling information from my guides uh, to the people that were at the meditation. And uh, Wulan, who's one of my spirit teachers, Said, um, <clears throat> just lay on the earth and let your let the earth rebalance you, mm-hmm. and that was so instructive. And that had been a time after you and I had come out of the amphitheater, and that night he was, you know, being very um, clear that this is a way to help people heal themselves. Yeah. And I have experienced tremendous healing 
just laying on the earth and uh, letting uh, letting them take things from me that I didn't need, yeah. you know, just asking for that surrender that surrender prayer of, you know, take what I don't need and, and help me have more energy or help me with this. And they do, uh, the nature itself, the earth itself helps you do that. But then I'm finding the guides, uh, my spirit guides or my angels or the, the spirits and gnomes, spirits of nature are more than willing to help us regenerate our energies. Oh, yeah, because mm-hmm. when we do, we, we help them in exchange. Mm-hmm. But it's my understanding that their service to the great uh, creator is to be of service to us, mm-hmm. that they were created to serve. Mm-hmm. And when they can serve, then they're fulfilling their destiny. Mm-hmm. And when we don't know who they are, we don't know, you know, there's not that interaction, there's something missing for them. Yes. Something missing. Yes, there is. And I think we're needing their um, their help right now because the earth is so out of yeah. balance with the things that we've done to it that uh, as humans, I mean, we can't deny uh, the fact that humanity has harmed the earth in many ways. Um, and there are there is a greater growing awareness that, um, you know, we can work with nature uh, to help us restore ourselves, but also help restore the earth itself. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I study with the Radiant Rose Academy, and uh, I, I called one out a while, a while back, that we call for the violet flame to go to Father Neptune to heal the water, uh-huh. bring the violet flame to the goddess Virgo to heal the earth, mm-hmm. to the god Aries to heal the air, mm-hmm. and to god Helios for the sun. Mm-hmm. And so they they wanted and said it was so important for humans to call in these healing energies mm-hmm. for these great gods that are responsible for all the waters. And right now, we need so many prayers for the ocean with the with the radiation that's coming across and killing the animals, yeah. killing killing the birds and killing the fish, and then the birds that would eat off of the different fish, and you know it's just it's terrible. Mm-hmm. And so the the prayers, human prayers, for these huge projects in nature, and even when the storms go through, to just say, calm down now, calm mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. First time. We had a, I was in the big earthquake in Southern California, and not knowing anything, but just within me of knowing, and I kept saying, it's okay, honey, it's okay, <laughs> you can stop now, mm-hmm. this is enough, mm-hmm. it's okay, stay steady, stay steady, mm-hmm. and you know, just talking to the earth, mm-hmm. because it was such a severe earthquake. Right. Well, I know that the the radiation from the Fukushima plant in uh, Japan has harmed, has been leaking since it's, since it erupted, and um, they're trying their best to try to get the leak stopped. But um, you know that affects the entire Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. So you know, calling on the violet flame to to send healing energy to the ocean is something we can do that yeah. can help us and help the ocean, too, and oh, help, yeah. uh, help all the fish and all the living things in it. So, uh, and, and even if you go to the ocean, or even in your mind, just tell the ocean that you love it, and you're so sorry mm-hmm. that it's being poisoned. Mm-hmm. And to pray for inspiration from the higher ones on what can be done mm-hmm. to neutralize the radiation, because the ascended beings know what to do mm-hmm. and they can't give information 
and then people ask. Yeah. And so just to call and say, I love this prayer for the Ascended Master's solution in this. And, oh. and I just, you know, bring forth the Ascended Master's solution. This, bring forth the Ascended Master's solution for all the decisions that Obama has to make. Bring forth the Ascended Master's solution to you know, whatever. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's just, it's like it gives them permission to come yes. because we're calling. Yes. And I don't know, when I first heard that we have been given free will and that the angels cannot help us unless we ask. Yes. They can put things in front of us and hint, but to actually intervene yes. unless we ask or somebody has asked for us. Yes. Um, that's part of the big earth experiment that I, I also get from my guides is that we can't, uh, they can't help us unless we ask them. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the same with the earth. We can't um, really help the earth unless we are in relationship to the earth and have and ask for the help to come to the earth or to help the waters or the ocean. So I, I agree. I, that's the same information I've gotten over yeah. and over again. So I encourage people to ask for what it is you want. And that also puts the responsibility on each person to be responsible for what we're asking for. (laughs) Because sometimes people don't really want to take on that responsibility. But I think it's a very important thing that we have to take on now. Well, and we can take on the responsibility to ask. Yes. You know, call in the angels for healing, calling in. That's, That's... that's not any big deal. No. I mean, that's nothing that's going to threaten your life and <laughs> and burn you. Yeah. <laughs> Just to to do step up and call call for help. Yeah. And if you see, I mean, I, I remember years ago a man fell off of a horse and right in front of me at the rose parade. Mm. And so I started praying for him, mm-hmm. you know, because it was there in front of me, and to just you know, call in the angels to help him and that he. You know, be whatever was going on, be okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's just gobs of things to pray for. Yeah. And to call in the angels, to call, give them a job. Yes, yes. I think that makes, um, it certainly makes my life more interesting and much more easy. Oh, yeah. And uh, a less stressed, uh, less stressful when I listen to guidance and ask them for help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a little break, and we'll come right back with Barbara Thomas, uh, artist and author, and she has a website and a blog on barbarathomas.info. So we're back with Barbara Thomas uh, talking about art in her book, uh, Burned Woman, and her DVD, Healing Burned Woman. And I just wanted to touch a little bit about uh, the fact that you've traveled all over the world, Barbara, that you're, you're here and you've been here now, uh, you know, for the last 20-some years. But that you, before that you were, and, and, and while you've lived here, you've traveled all over the world. Yeah. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about what, um, what that was for you? I mean, what was the traveling? Well, first I have to say that I've been in 53 countries. Wow. Walked, you know, touched the land, but I need to confess that in Argentina, I only touched at the airport. <laughs> but when I was 52, and I, I was there. I did touch the land, but I didn't didn't walk it. There were a lot of different uh, things that got us there, and I think that that it, um, that's part of my destiny as as being in service to Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I bicycled through Europe when I was 21. That's the first year after the war. 
first mm-hmm. time Europe was opened. Mm. Um, Jim came down from meditation one day and said, I got that I was to quit my, close my business and were to travel in Europe for a year. I want to see what people are doing for peace in the world. Mm. And, um, and then we worked for um, an organization and they, that's when we went to the third world countries to do mm-hmm. leadership training. Mm-hmm. What I did a lot in relationship to nature, that I didn't think about it being that way, but it's again those scribble drawings. I would do it. It started in Paris. I, I did one in Paris, and I realized with the scribble, I'd done the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then in London, I did another scribble drawing, and I had done the uh, Piccadilly Circus. Uh-huh. It was a circle. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I think I'm tuning in to the angel of the cities. Uh-huh. And so then I intentionally did that. When mm-hmm. I would go someplace, I would intentionally open to the angel of the city and uh, just do a scribble drawing. And um, one time I did this at the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. And um, and when, I don't remember what the scribble drawing looked like, but the, but the words that came in my head... Mother Nature likes to look at a picture of herself. Oh. So it was like um, drawing was like show, uh, uh, was like naming a little drawing of Mother Nature in oh. that place. Oh. So um, and when I traveled, I spent a lot of time on the inner. Mm-hmm. You know, Jim liked to do a lot of sightseeing, and and he would do that with our hosts and hostess, and I would. I would uh, sometimes spend a day saying I need a day of prayer and fasting because mm-hmm. it it was intense work and yes. and once a week I needed to have a day to myself mm-hmm. and most of the time I I would uh, I did a lot of journaling mm-hmm. did a lot of journaling just to keep things clear for myself mm-hmm. kept caught up with myself because uh-huh. I found when I traveled if I didn't do that I'd come home I'd either be sick or I would be so out of sorts. Yeah, because I'd lost my connection. Uh-huh. It takes every day for me to 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 be connected. Yes, I think establishing our connection is a real important thing. And then when you're traveling, you get it's easy to get disconnected because you're ungrounded mm-hmm. from your normal environment. So you're traveling, you connected with the spirits of the city. That's so fascinating for people to know about that each city has a spirit. Oh yeah. Um, I know when I was. Uh, um, going back to the Midwest to be with my mom uh, when she was ill, I had to connect. I really never liked my hometown very much, and I had to connect with the spirit of that community. I was guided to do that. They were spirits said, "You need to connect with, <laughs> with you know, the spirit of this town." And as I did, I recognized that the reason that I never really connected with it is because it was a place primarily to raise children and have families and then the kids most of the kids would leave town or they would if they stayed in town then they would also do the same thing they would raise kids and have families there weren't that many when I was growing up there there weren't that many artists or writers that were really producing things that I was interested in and most of my life has been spent um, making art or doing uh, creative things um, or running my own business so it wasn't a town I fit in very well. So uh, when I tuned into that spirit of nature, I could kind of forgive myself and forgive the spirit of, of that town. Uh, that we just That's why I'd never quite fit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't realize it until I'd gone back. But there are spirits of communities, and, 
and uh, it does help to to connect to them, don't you think? Oh yes, and probably if you had connected with that spirit, when you would have found something that you really liked there. Yeah. You might even have found another artist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else that was feeling that lost and because it it couldn't connect yeah. another person. Yeah. Well, and since I uh, since I was there, I did I have found other artists that live there, and actually I'm also in communication with them often. You know, there are friends that are there and teaching or writing, or doing different things. So, well, that's fascinating. So, we've uh, we've spent the last hour or so talking about uh, the spirits of nature and how you connect with them, and I think this is such a wonderful teaching for people, Barbara, because. Uh, so many people don't really understand how they can do that, and we've talked about it today. So I just want to thank you for for being willing to be interviewed, and I'm so glad that you have your website and the, uh, the DVD and your book available, and also the blog, which is, is helping people understand uh, some of the things that nature can teach us. And, uh, Good. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be asked. Yeah. And get the information out. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Okay. Thank you for joining us. This program was brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Carousella. Please join us next time on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E for Convergence with John Carousella, Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Evolve was brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.